You're listening to the Cheer Biz Podcast, where we dive into the business of running and owning your gym. Join us as we speak to industry experts, business gurus, and discuss how we can take your passion and turn it into profit. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and today we are going to be talking about if you are paid what you are worth. Now, before we get into the episode, make sure that you've headed over to Cheer and Gymnastics Gym Owners. If you are a gym owner, if you are a coach or a coach and gym owner, head over to All Star Cheer Coaches and Owners and make sure you check out the Next Gen owners.com website where you can learn more about next generation gym owners and you can join the academy which is our consulting portion of what next generation gym owners offers and it is our direct one-on-one coaching to help you take your business to the next level all right so getting into it before we get started i just want to make it clear if you are someone who is into socialism, you are absolutely going to hate this episode, so just stop listening right now. Now, I am a person who doesn't have a problem with the fact that billionaires exist, even though I'm not actually one of those billionaires. No, I'm not even close. Uh, As you all know, I left my full-time job in law enforcement And in my law enforcement job, I was paid hourly. So I knew that an hour of my my time was worth X amount of dollars in return. And I also knew that if I worked overtime, so I worked more than the 40 hours a week, that it was worth this amount uh, in return. And suffice it to say, actually, that there's a lot of officers in our department who made really good money. They, They were taking home well over $150,000 a year pre-tax, and they were making good money. But that was in a direct exchange for their amount of time they were working. So now that I've left, I have become very focused on what is my effective hourly rate and increasing that. Now, I don't think I am yet paid what I am truly worth in my businesses, but I am on a mission to get there. Now, why do I think I'm worth more? Well, my company is on track to gross over a million dollars this year um, and companies uh, well over a million dollars, over 200K in employment benefits and delivering tons of value to clients. So I am running companies uh, or running in partnership companies that are bringing in significant amounts of revenue. I'm providing a lot of value for my staff who are getting paid very competitive, good wages, and I am providing a great value to my clients. So if my work is generating all of that revenue, then I am worth a lot to my business because I am actively involved in those things that are delivering the value. I'm I'm leading the charge. I'm really running the company, especially when we talk about dream camps and Oregon dream teams. I'm really like 
down in the trenches there, I am the CEO running those companies. Whereas in NextGen, we have a CEO that is not me um, in one of the owners, but I still am. I'm also very, very, very involved in all of the things that NextGen is doing. So effective hourly rate is something that I have become kind of fascinated with. And the first thing as we as we break these things down, we're going to really look at four things as we look at our effective hourly rate. So number one is we need to determine what our current effective hourly rate is. Number two is what value does your work bring to your company? Number three is, is your effective hourly rate equal to the value you are bringing to your company? And four, what do you want your effective hourly rate to be? So let's break these things down. So number one, to determine your effective hourly rate, like what is your current effective hourly rate? What you need to do, and for me, this actually gets really complicated because I would need to uh, determine it based off of each company. It would be a little bit harder for me to determine um, just kind of as a like my entrepreneur effective hourly hourly rate. I could still do it, but it wouldn't be super accurate because the first thing you need to do is you need to know how much you're being paid. And that's an important factor. So how much are you making? Now, this should be more than just your payroll. This should also incorporate any benefits you're making as an owner. So it really should be based off of your net owner benefit, which is something that we teach our clients how to calculate. But you need to be looking at what your total net owner benefit is. And then from there, you need to know how many hours a week you're working on your business. Um, and it could be hours a month if you know that your net owner benefit is how much you're you're benefiting per month too. That, that would be a way to go about it. Um, but you need to know those two things. And then it's really just basic division. Um, the amount of hours you work divided by the amount of money you're making um, is telling you how many hour, how much you're making per hour that you're working. So you do that quick division and you figure out what your effective hourly rate is. Now, from there, you need to look at what value does your work bring to your company. So I let's say I calculate my effective hourly rate, right? I do that and I determine that my effective hourly rate is I mean, it could be a number of different things. I have talked to gym owners where their effective hourly rate is less than a dollar. And I know gym owners whose effective hourly rate is over $100. Um, so you have to find where you're at in that. And then you have to look at what value does your work bring to your company. And there's a couple different ways to, to look at this. Um, number one is, where would your company be tomorrow if you got hit by a bus? Like if you were laid up and you were out of commission for six to eight months, you could make no decisions, you could do nothing within your company, how uh, effective would your company be in generating revenue? If there would be a significant revenue drop, then you have a pretty significant financial value uh, to your company. Additionally, you need to look at what kind of things that you are doing in the company. So if you are doing low tier things like you're running payroll, you are just doing basic scheduling of staff, and that is the bulk of your time, well, those are actually lower values than if you are spending your time creating things that are going to bring in large amounts of revenue. So for me on my dream camp side, 
I spend a lot of time doing sales calls, uh, promoting the company, and bringing in clients. Now, that is of high value to the company. And even, even sales, there are higher value things. Like where I'm really returning the most value is when I'm figuring out how to expand. I'm figuring out how to offer things in new locations. So the time that I was spending uh, figuring out how to fit more people or offer more individual camps in our Oregon camp or the amount of time I was spending you know, developing our Camp Geneva in Florida, those were really, really valuable ads of my time. That was me doing really high level, high value entrepreneur stuff, as opposed to when I'm sitting down and I am not using my time as effectively as an owner and I'm booking staff flights. That's a very low return, right? So what value does your work bring to the company? You need to figure that out. And if you are the company, then you're bringing a lot of value to it, right? From there, you need to look at is your EHR, your effective hourly rate, equal to the value you are bringing to your business? And most likely, it's not. Okay, so I don't want you to sit here and go, man, I'm messing up because mine isn't. A lot of gym owners out there are not at the point where their EHR is equal to the value they're bringing to their business. Um, Even me and Tori in our gym, we are really aggressively going after increasing our EHR because ours is much lower than the value that we bring to our business. Um, And we would like to see that increase. Um, And so we are working on that as owners because we should be compensated for the value that we bring to the business. Like truly, if we stopped at this point in time, we're working very diligently to buy back our time and delegate more things out. But if we both stopped running the gym, it would last for about a month uh, before things really started to bog down. And maybe people would step up and figure things out. But we are pretty still involved in the day to day. I know that Shelly would say the same thing. She's still pretty, she has some great directors, but she's still pretty involved in the day to day. She could probably take two to three months before some things started to, to have some challenges. But is your EHR equal to the value you're bringing to your business? And then lastly, you need to determine what do you want your effective hourly rate to be? Where do you want to get to? And this is, there's no rules on this. You can make it whatever you want. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about my thoughts on my effective hourly rate um, towards the end of the episode, but you got to figure that out. Where do you want to get? And then the, the question is now, okay, I know where I am. I know what value I bring to my business and I know where I want to get. So now I can chart my path of how to get there. So EHR is something that you need to be aggressively looking at as an owner. And it is probably one of the most common things I see neglected by my clients because doing cheer and owning a cheer gym is a labor of love for a lot of people. Uh, There's a reason I talk about connecting your passion to profit because most of us are here because we're passionate about it. I was actually having this conversation with uh, someone I've brought on on Dream Camps. Today, I spent the day um, organizing and inventorying things to get ready for camp. Now, that's a very low value 
um, task. It's something that someone else could do if I had created the systems for them to do it, which today was building systems. So I think it was more valuable than just doing the work. But we were talking and she said, you know, what is, what's your favorite thing about your job? What are the things that you, you love doing? And I like, picking between your three, you know, what is your favorite thing? And I was telling her and, and these were passion things. It was, you know, for me, one of my favorite things about camp is like being there with my staff. Like I love my staff. They're, they're amazing people. And I just love doing the work and serving the kids. And like, it's a passion thing there. Um, now that is very easy to get in the weeds and go, well, it fills my soul. It fills my cup. So it's worth doing, even though I don't make as much as I feel I should make. Um, when I was in law enforcement, there was even a period of time when I was, when I first became a cop, I didn't even really care. Like, I think I started at 2175 an hour and that, a, that was more money than I'd ever made before. And B, I would have done it for less because I just wanted to do the job. I was so excited to work in law enforcement and live out what had been my dream. And so for so many gym owners, for so many coaches, we're like, we're doing what we love. We're living our dream. And, and that does have real value to it. Um, there are lots of things that you can do to get rich that you may not want to do and are not worth it. So we are in this really cool position where we get to do something we're passionate about and make money from it. But like I said, it's commonly, commonly neglected by clients. And joining the academy, there are lots of steps that go into getting your effective hourly rate where you want it to be and where you deserve for it to be. So if you're going through this and you need to make a change, then please set up a call with Justin so we can get you set up for success and moving towards your goals. Now, EHR, effective hourly rate, is sometimes really painful to look at. Um, when I was a young, dumb, brand new gym owner who had just started my gym, my effective hourly rate was probably around two cents, maybe lower. And it was a joke. Like I was working for free. Um, I actually did have to volunteer when I first got hired at the police department. They said, you can't have another job. So I had to do it as a volunteer. This was before Tori and I bought the business. Um, and so it was a joke, right? I just had, I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know what I was worth. I didn't know what value I was bringing to the business. And the business was new and getting started. And I talked to gym owners who are like, oh, we're opening our gym. And you know, uh, we're not going to get paid for the first period of time, right? The first two years, we're not planning to pay ourselves, which that's like way too long. Like I get maybe the first couple months, maybe even up to six months, you might say, I'm not factoring in my payroll, but I would encourage you to start factoring in your payroll from the beginning if you're opening a gym. You should start paying yourself at the beginning because you're going to make it a habit and you're less likely to ever get to that point where you're that owner who doesn't pay themselves or pays themselves something that is not what you are even remotely worth. So leaving this episode, what I want you to do is do the math to determine what your effective hourly rate actually is. And I oftentimes will say things like, uh, an hour of my time is worth more than X amount of dollars. And I'll do this in regard to, you know, if I'm going to pay for a service. 
uh, the other day I had one of my dream camps cars. We, we have a car for camp. Uh, I'm talking a lot about camp today cause that's what's going on in my life. Uh, the catalytic converter died, didn't work, wasn't working and it wasn't even stolen. I mean, how much nonsense is that? But the catalytic converter just went out and it was causing some issues. Um, and so it had to get replaced. And I was talking to the guy, the mechanic on the phone, and he was like, look, there's there's cheaper options to do this. You can save two or three hundred bucks. Uh, you might have to shop around where you can find a weld-in catalytic converter, someone who can do that. It might take a little bit longer to get set up, but like you can definitely save two or three hundred dollars. And I was like, you know what? Just I'm just gonna have you do it. Because in my head, I was like, the amount of time it's gonna take me to go pick up the car, find another shop, take it to that shop, do all this this stuff that's going to be a couple hours and a couple hours of my time right now is worth more than the two or three hundred dollars i'm going to save so just you've got it you just do it um now the reality is though you can only say things like an hour of my time is worth more than this it and have it actually be true if you know what an hour of your time is actually worth if you've actually calculated the hr so like I said, it's something that I become semi-obsessed with. Like I want my effective hourly rate to get to a point where it's it's $200 and then I want it to get to $500 and then $1,000. And then I would like to be sitting here and talking to you guys and telling you about how my effective hourly rate is $10,000. How cool would that be? And what that probably means is not that I'm making $10,000 an hour, but it probably means I'm only working a couple hours a day. I'm spending my time doing things that light me up and bring a lot of value to my business. And in those couple hours, I'm creating massive value for my companies, which means my effective hourly rate is higher because I'm working less hours on the business. I'm not working 90 hours a month or a week to, you know, just get everything in the world done. All right, everyone, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Please remember, as always, check out the Let's Talk Cheer podcast with Jason Larkins. Absolutely great guy, great content. I'm going to be seeing him shortly uh, at conference. Uh, well, I may actually, I'll probably release this on the Tuesday before conference. Uh, I am pre-recording some episodes. Uh, so there might be some awkwardness as I talk about, oh, I'm going to see him at conference and then a conference has already happened when you've listened to it. But Great guy, great podcast, absolutely great content. So you got to check out the Let's Talk Cheer podcast with Jacobson Larkins. Please share this episode with someone you think needs to hear it. Thank you for listening to the end if you have listened to the end. And with that, we will catch you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, click the link in our description to apply. If you're interested in joining NextGen, visit our website at www.nextgenowners.com. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening.